Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates, ready to go. Friday edition of Outkick 360 live from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. With Paul Kuharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow with the day off. He is back with us on Monday as he hits... Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, and I get all of these locations confused. But he's got a great weekend uh, with the family ahead. We have a great show plan where Bobby Carpenter will help get us to the weekend. He joins us in 20 minutes. We'll dive into college football and NFL headlines, including EA Sports and their college football game with payouts for participating universities. Um, Bobby certainly knows that era of college sports. I grew up playing this game and I can't wait for it to return for uh, kids to be able to play it again. Like they do Madden. We'll chat with Bobby about these payouts and the pay scale based on where you have finished in the AP rankings. It's very interesting. We've got a potential sale in the NHL that ties in locally with the Nashville predators and later Brent hubs of allquest.com talks sec and Tennessee headlines with us. Paul, good afternoon. What is up chief? I was just telling you before we came on the air, Paul McCartney celebrated his 80th birthday last night with his last show of his American leg of his tour at MetLife stadium in New Jersey. Springsteen, my guy joined him for two songs, glory days and, um, I Want to Be Your Man, Beatles song. Bon Jovi came on stage late with a huge thing of balloons and sang happy birthday to him. Springsteen came on again for the finale. Absolutely insane scene at MetLife Stadium last night where it rained just a little, but apparently it was overcast and I think pretty nice. I would have killed to have been at that one. 40 songs from McCartney on his 40th birthday. All right, 80th birthday. So he did half his age, yeah. which is amazing. You mentioned singing happy birthday, and I, I, I thought of this. So did you see the story uh, where we're tying a little pop culture here? Kim Kardashian wore the Marilyn Monroe dress that Marilyn wore when she sang happy birthday to John, John oh, F. Kennedy right? uh, 60 years later. And then it was placed How back on display. Oh, she oh, just uh, borrowed someone, it? Someone bought it at auction for like 4 to $6 million. And she just borrowed it? Yeah, she was allowed to wear it for the first time in 60 years. To what event did she wear it? I think it was, was it the Met Gala or something like that. It may not be the Met Gala. It was something else. Could but, have been the um, Met Gala because you have to dress like a bird or a... It was something... Something crazy Something it, it was worthy of whatever she was wearing it to. Anyway, it's tur- it was turned back in and then someone has like... They, they, they snapped a photo of what it looked like on display previous and after and like sequins are missing and... <laughs> All kinds and of stuff. So, I thought you were going to say the dress she wore over the subway grate that blew up in whichever <laughs> movie, because no, that, that to one. me is the most famous Marilyn Monroe dress. 
the happy birthday dress would only rank second. No, that, that pinged a memory from what something I was reading. But she claims like she, it was very, uh, she didn't mean to do any harm to the rest. She refused to sit down in it. She did not eat in it. And she only wore it for, for the red Short carpet time. and then changed into a replica of it for the event. So for whatever reason, that people are up in arms over her ruining this dress, but she was allowed to wear it. So there you go. You they said, both look great in it, by the way. You said ruining. My wife and I have been fighting. I say ruin, and she says ruin. To, I, I kind of say one syllable, and she says two syllables, and we were fighting about this the other day. Just uh, my, oh, you say ruin? My, my poor pronunciation of it, one of those words. And then I turn against oh. my mother, who says balcony. <laughs> <laughs> like Vanderbilt, Balcony. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. We'll have a U.S. Open leaderboard for you in just a moment. Um, we'll let you know who's playing well, who's not on day number two uh, up in Massachusetts at Brookline. And uh, we will dive into some other headlines uh, a bit later, including uh, there is we, – we know LeBron is interested in – potential ownership of an NBA franchise post-career. There's another big name in sports that has hinted at this as well, and some people are trying to connect the dots to both he and LeBron teaming up for a massive uh, franchise in the league. That's later this hour. First, though, uh, the report through the Washington Post, Paul, and this, this ties back into what we were discussing yesterday for the possible suspension of Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson, uh, the league is asking their independent investigator to consider their thoughts on what they think the potential suspension should be, which is as high as a year-long suspension. We, we had discussed this from the NFLPA perspective of how they may respond, where the report from Pro Football Talk yesterday was they're preparing for an unprecedented suspension of a full year without pay, and we responded to that by saying, what, what's really unprecedented about that? The, the league is... This is not the investigator, to be clear. It's the disciplinary officer. So the independent, somewhat independent... Uh, reports to her? Yeah. She's the one who makes the initial decision. Then Goodell gets to review it and finalize what the suspension is. So she'll make... This is Sue L. Robinson will make the initial disciplinary decision. And that's who they plan to urge to be uh, she, super stringent with, according to Mark Maskey of the Washington Post. I got you. She is like the, she's the former district judge of the United States who the NFL and the NFLPA agreed ag to have. I got the, you. To so, hand down well, discipline. I don't know if they agreed on her. They agreed someone would do it, and she's the person in that role. So she, she reviews and handles discipline for the conduct policy. And, in this case, she's right, doing right. it. Right, and, right. And the NFL, the league, hopes the entire disciplinary process, including the resolution of any potential appeal to Goodell, um, is completed by the start of training camp. To me, this also goes in line with a July 4th weekend news dump. Could be then, at the latest, I would think, start of training camp. Um, so, you know, but, you could have a July 21st news dump. But uh, from, from Mark Maskey of the Washington Post, and I'll read directly from his well report, the league, quote, probably will seek a suspension of one full season for Watson, a person of Watson's side of the case said Friday. 
A person familiar with the league's view of the case cautioned to be, quote, careful, end quote, about specifying a precise length at this point for the suspension the NFL will seek. But that person also said, quote, significant would be the proper term, end quote. Now, if the league's pushing for a full season, and I mean, I think this is another thing the PA could argue, you know, what's the league doing pushing this independent middle person a direction? And then Goodell reviews it. Well, what are the odds that Goodell is going to reduce something the league has pushed for? It doesn't seem fair to Watson. And then even if Goodell does review it and reduce it, if it's a 17-game, 18-week penalty and he reduces it to 15 games, what the hell does that matter for the Browns? What, uh, you know, Deshaun know. Watson gets to get his feet wet for three or four right. games. But their season is effectively over. And it won't really matter to ticket buyers, to the city, to the team. It'll be infinitesimal. But I think the PA's got a better case reacting to this story than with what we presented yesterday. I don't remember whose story it was that they're going Florio. to. If it was a Florio that they're going to say, look at how the league didn't do anything to Dan Snyder. Look at how it didn't investigate Robert Kraft. Look at how it didn't go after um, Jerry Jones, three owners with bad behavior that uh, some of which amounted to settlements or charges in, in a way that Deshaun Watson's hasn't. I think it's, it's a better case here to say, what the hell is the league doing planning to approach what's supposed to be a semi-independent middle person between the two sides who makes the initial judgment even though Goodell ultimately gets to alter that he judgment if he sees fit. Right, he hears But he's the hearing appeal. an appeal, and if he's got a hand in the initial judgment, he goes back to being judge, jury, and executioner. Yes. The NFL... Which is what we avoided in the CBA, a big bargaining chip for us. Yes, and the NFLPA pushed for revisions to the personal conduct policy. It was one of their big issues. Yes, and this is more or less the resolution that came from the recent CBA, which is... She is designated, in this case, to hand down the initial disciplinary ruling. And he gets to review And then he resolves the appeal. So you still go before Goodell for this. But Um, he'll have to answer to any adjustment he makes in a way that he's never had to before because he made the initial judgment previously. Yes. Um, I I think this doesn't look great for the league. Well, it's... um, it is a well, unless this is set up for both sides to make a case to her, but usually it's not the PA against the league well, it, in a disciplinary matter. It's not confirmed in this report. Maskey makes it known, and and he wants everyone to understand. Like it's not he's not saying that the league will do this. The league is attempting to do this. Um, so she, she may not. She may want not to hear allow. From them at all. She may not have a quasi trial before the NFL and the NFLPA to hear their sides prior to making her ruling based on the findings of uh, Friel, I believe, is the yeah. independent investigator. Well, you would hope that she would say, based on the way we believe this was set up to operate, uh, I, I'm not answering my phone to this stuff. I'm not interested in a meeting on this stuff. I'm operating as a disciplinary officer based on the information that you provide me. Yeah. But I'm not inviting your input on what the penalty should be. I, that's my call. Then you get to evaluate it after I issue it. It's a, it's a very, uh, to me, the whole timeline of this is bizarre. Based on what we knew last year versus this year, the fact that he refused to settle anything this offseason, 
was ready to settle all but four last, what, October slash November. It was Trade October. And, and four refused to settle with him. Therefore, the trade didn't go down with Miami. So there's this, bit, this back and forth. Meanwhile, in both times that he's talked publicly with the, the Cleveland media and national media at the same time, he's declared he's completely innocent of what's being accused of him. You've also had within that time frame, the grand juries throw out the criminal charges or are refusing to indict him on criminal charges to move forward in the court process. It is a, from a league standpoint, where they were just six months ago to where we are right now going into training camp. Um, really all that's happened, Paul, in my opinion, is he's talked. They've talked with those accusing him, or at least some of them, a good handful of this group. You've had the New York Times report. Of course, the Washington Post now is reporting this. Real sports. Talk Real to a sports of interview. But, but, you know, in talking with McLean, and by the way, McLean, who mentioned he thinks it'll be a year-long yep. suspension, is, is dead on here based on this report. Um, and that's coming from the Watson camp. The, their expectation of what the league's asking for, let me preface that. Um, really, and McLean has told us that the details of the interviews on the HBO Real Sport was putting a face with uh, the voice with the details that were already on paper from the depositions that were available. It's, um, I don't, this is very uh, reacting to public sentiment in, in a great way to me. Um, compared to where they were in the league stance of, we're going to wait this out until we figure out how things are going to be resolved here. Well, the big concern is that there's no end. Like, all of these things have an end, but these cases keep trickling out. Right. And how's it going to look if they decree an end to their thing and she issues her thing and Goodell issues his thing, and the next day, which is very likely the way the attorney Busby's operating – He's got two more to drop. That that's a very conceivable scenario, right? Well, he good. She puts out her thing. Goodell takes a week or whatever to issue his final judgment. The league puts out its one-page press release, and the next day, Busby's got two new clients who who step forward because they're disgusted that the penalty isn't big enough or whatever. He might be holding them back for that scenario just to make the league look that much worse. And it creates a totally new uproar. And and the league knows that that's a possibility. And that's why they're treading lightly. They're in a tough spot on that. I'm not sympathetic to any of it, but that's exactly how this could play out. Oh, that that's, that's all fair to point out. And then they also allowed the off season to play out the way it did with the money and the contract and the trade. And I mean, and that's on the Browns, and that's on and the league. I mean, it, because when, I think the the when the money aspect of this comes out of what he's making, uh, what he was fully guaranteed, and then what the actual fine can be based on the CBA, that that's where I think people are going to think, oh, he's getting fined this, and he can the uh, and maybe there's some out clause in an avoidable contract. But if you're the Cleveland Browns, um, and, and there will be outrage whenever the suspension is announced, Paul, in my opinion, from people that say that, that the Browns refuse to void his contract. But keep in mind... There's like, no circumstance in they, which they're voiding his contract. Well, not, I wouldn't think yet, 
because they well, it's all guaranteed. They, well, they it's can. fully guaranteed, but but what what you can't void are the draft picks that you traded away in order to do it. Right. So you will have given so away two hundred thirty million dollars plus all that draft capital. Yeah. It would be the worst thing in league history. Here's here's the other thing that that I'm thinking about. He says he has no regrets, and we understand what he's doing. He's maintaining mm-hmm. his innocence. So he refused to settle on the principle that look, look, I understand it could get things out of the way, but it's an admission of guilt that I'm not willing to commit. But had he just settled those four additional ones, he was willing to settle 18. He was willing to settle 18. So he was willing to uh, do what he had to do, which yes. is admit guilt to some degree, even if you're, you're adamant that you're not guilty, you're saying I'm going to get rid of these in the way I have to get rid of these to move on. If he had, I would think he's got well, to regret not settling the other four. Oh, yeah. Not stepping up to the degree he needs to step up um, to settle those other four. And this all would be non-issue. But settling is not admitting guilt. It's paying them right. to yeah, just make it go away. But and, in the views of many, you say, but, well, you didn't settle because you're innocent. Well, um, I completely disagree. This is the exact reason why you settle if you're innocent. No, I, I understand. So, like, it, you, you, because you keep all of this crap from coming up six months after the fact you're traded and i keep referencing six months you get what i'm saying the 2022 timeline uh of being traded and and having a team and doing press conferences and preparing for people can always come back and say you you settled you didn't see it through you weren't declared settle and he's about like i would say you know he he didn't help himself by not settling when he did not because it's some you know admission of guilt because also on his side at the time, right after all of that, after the trade deadline, was the criminal charges were thrown out. Like the, the, the grand jury said, uh, we're not even going to take this to a jury trial. It's not worth the taxpayers' money to try this based on what was presented to us. And that happened not once, but twice. twice. So when you keep that in mind and the fact that he didn't want to settle and he wouldn't settle the other four because the four refused to sign the NDA that was a part of all of this. Which was called an aggressive NDA by the lawyer. Which I'm sure it was. Yep. And that's one Most of the of incentives are. Are, of settling is signing the non-disclosure where you, you pay once and it goes away. And this is, this is a prime example of those that say you should scream from the mountaintops that you're completely innocent and he's doing the right thing. But by not settling then or at any point this offseason... The, the, the pile has continued to grow to the point where if he settles a year ago, the sentiment was, Paul, oh, it'll be a six-game suspension. It'll be, if, he, if he settled whenever he's traded to Cleveland, uh, it's probably a six-game suspension that'll be reduced to four. Yep. And now it's turned into, oh, not only is it going to be a suspension, the league's going to ask for more now, on, uh, not less. And they could say, the league could say, even with this, it's still not a bow on it. Right. Because of uh, pending what else happens. Look, I, I'm with you. It's awfully hard to, to settle if you're adamant that you didn't do it. But if he could have settled those other four and still screamed from the mountaintops, I'm innocent. I settled to avoid a huge pain in the ass for me and more importantly for my new team and my new teammates so that we could get on with our football lives. But let me reemphasize, I'm innocent. And I'd open every press conference that was going to have questions about this for that with that statement until people stopped asking about it and, and just PR it to death. And, and just to wrap up our point, we'll get back to this for sure. Um, 
Which doesn't it, make anything right. No, I'm just no, saying that's I'm not, how you. I'm not you, saying that either. And, and I'm, I'm not I'm taking just, anything away from the 26 women. We are discussing the process how he of gets this. Back the, to, yeah, the process. The, the process and the timeline of this is bizarre. How because, you get yourself back to work? Yes, because from day one of this, he has maintained his complete innocence. He's had the grand juries. I don't believe. Uh, he's had the grand juries throw this out uh, criminally, and there have been no more criminal uh, charges brought forward uh, with any of this. And yet, the suspension continues to grow for conduct detrimental to the to the league on, based on the conduct policy. It's um, it's something it, it's it's crazy to follow as we get to the uh, July Fourth weekend and teams turn the clock now fully to training camp. And it, there are plenty of topics within that based on what the Browns will do now. Um, what's the trade like for Baker Mayfield now? Um, and this is presuming through Mark Maskey that the suspension will be significant enough where they need more than just Jacoby Brissett for a quarter of the season right now. Uh, Bobby Carpenter is uh, about to join us. He does a daily show in Ohio. We could get his opinion on this. Plus, uh, the uh, report that EA Sports is prepared to pay out universities who are uh, with them and agree to be a part of their college football video game, which was a massive hit back in the day. Back in the Bobby Carpenter era. Uh, and it's back. And teams and universities now are going to make some cash off of this. That's next and now Kick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Cut line at the U.S. Open. It's currently three over. We'll give you the full leaderboard coming up. But Callum Terran is four under, and uh, Scotty Scheffler among those at three under after a really solid performance earlier today. His round is done. I wish I could play golf like Scotty Scheffler, um, and I wish I was cool like Bobby Carpenter, who joins us now and joins us each and every Friday at this time. Bobby, good to see you as always. You can follow Bobby on Twitter at bcarp3, and of course on YouTube, check out Carp's Corner, which is always excellent. He'll post those on Twitter. Can we start with his uh, oh, first, yeah. first world problems? I don't know if you've followed this, but okay. uh, he uh, chartered a plane to take a crew down to a Coldplay concert in Tampa Bay, and uh, I'm not remembering which ticket agency, so I don't want to blast the, the wrong one. You take it from here, but uh, they sold you a suite. Uh-oh. And you did not end up in a suite. So I, I want to hear this from start to finish because I would kill the charter plane and take a group to a great concert, but I would go absolutely insane if I did not get the tickets that I bought. Yeah, it's, it's a great one, Paul. And so here's, here's the deal. One of our friends was turning 50 years old, and I was up you know, on the lake after talking to you guys last Friday. And all of a sudden I get a text coming in saying, Hey, you know, you want to go to Coldplay on Tuesday in Tampa. We'll fire up a plane. We'll head on down there. I've got a suite reserved. And I'm like, okay, good. Because if we're going to be at Raymond James, which is outside, it's Tampa. It's a hot sweat box. I want to make sure that we're going to be indoors and you know, the, the crew that we're going to be with are going to feel good. So two o'clock left, flew out, went to a restaurant down there, the rusty Pelican over the water. It was really nice. And when we're on the plane, uh, my friend who you know, put it all together 
from one of our other mutual friends was like, Hey, uh, you know, I, I got this email from StubHub and it looks like they don't have the suite for us anymore. And I'm thinking like, well, what do you mean? So he started showing me, he started reading it through. And you know, he's like, they gave us these other tickets and they're like a hundred bucks a piece in lieu of the suite, which was, you know, around six grand. And they're like, I'm looking at where the tickets are. They're like, they're on the side of the stage. I'm like, I really wouldn't even want to sit front row. Like I want to be like relaxing, having a drink, enjoying a show. I've gotten to see Coldplay before. And we get there, we ended up kind of like buying our way into the suite level area. So we could at least get a little air conditioning you know, going in and out and start talking to one of the people, the managers there. And all of a sudden you get there and we realized that that suite was never even for sale to begin with. And so StubHub was non-responsive the whole time. They said it was due to COVID restrictions that the, that the, uh, <laughs> that suite was gone. I'm like, time out. Like, first of all, yeah. Florida doesn't have COVID restrictions. <laughs> Second of all, we're going into a suite. Like, can you tell me how that that would have changed anything? And like some of wouldn't step off of that. And so I you get on social media, get enough people angry and all of a sudden, poof, they finally reach out. They couldn't do anything that night because they said the show had already started. And we had told him earlier, my, my friend had talked to him earlier that day before he told me, he's like, listen, there's another suite available that costs more. We'll pay more to up, upcharge to get into that. But I think what had happened after we started talking to people down there that they had had a, someone had like fraudulently sold the suite on StubHub and there was really no suite to begin with. Because the manager's like, this guy that owns this is a British dude. He never lets anyone else in his suite. There's no way he would have ever put it on there. So it was just an absolute mess, man. It took a really nice night, kind of ruined it. Concert was great. It was a hot, sweaty mess. I was like walking around with my shirt off at the end. I had plenty of cocktails, had a good time. But the problem is, man, I, when I get into this mode where my wife's like, hey, Bobby can fix the problem. I'm like, all right. So I start going back and forth. And then my day's dominated with Twitter and I started getting really angry and it like sets me back into like younger Bob game mode playing football. And the problem with that is like, I become contentious and I take it out on my wife. I take it out on everybody. I start like people were bumping into me in the drink line. I'm like, just bump me a little harder. Like just punch me just so I can get in a fight and get some of that anger out. Cause I, I had so much anger that was misplaced because there was nobody from StubHub for me to be able to talk to. And really like lay into and I, I so it just kind of sprays all over the place and everybody gets a little piece of it. So once I was able to ratchet that back, it ended up being a good show. But man, it was uh and then by the way, we've had rolling blackouts in Ohio because of the storm. And I'm like, if I wanted to have rolling blackouts, I'd live in California. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm not living in a third world country here. So it was an absolute disaster. My father came up to our house, my in-laws are watching the kids. You know, we don't have a whole house generator yet. That's been on the list to do for like two years. It's getting done here in the next month. And so he's got the old gas power generator out there cr cranking the thing up. We weren't even here. It's 10 o'clock, like save all of our meat and our, fri and our freezer and everything. Because, you know, he has cattle. So we got all this, these nice cuts of meat. And right now, like, I mean, guys, if you were a meat investor and you bought, you know, beef like three months ago and watched it appreciate in value, you could probably flip out of it for probably two times your money. So I was like, I'm going to be damned if we're going to lose this. We've been monitoring the generator, generator and everything. But finally, power was back on. Yesterday kind of normalized a little bit, but I felt like I've been living like a weekend at Bernie's like every single day. It was like Groundhog Day meets weekend at Bernie's. I couldn't get off the weekend roller coaster. 
And now it's Friday again, so I guess I'm hopping back on. Can you imagine? Um, Good luck. Uh, while you're telling this story, Bobby, Paul, I'm thinking of like the viral video that got out of like the Rangers fan who just cold clocked the Lightning fan after the game whenever the Lightning advanced to the Stanley Cup final. Can you imagine the headline of former NFL and Dallas Cowboys linebacker Bobby Carpenter gets in fight at Coldplay concert? Like I, that, that might be the most shocking headline of the year that Carpenter and Coldplay go together and there's a brawl that's incited by this man because he didn't get into a suite. I mean, that that would be epic. And that's what I'm picturing as you, Subhead, you tell this story. Subhead, StubHub started this, he says. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So do you get a refund? Do they, do they help you if, if someone fraudulently sells you something that, oh. that is not available? So we're working through that right now. Wow. I, I did talk to one of the members of their team. And I'm like, First of all, like we're going to get refunded for those tickets. Yeah. Second of all, we're going to get provided a similar experience at a concert of our choosing. Like, and maybe we have to split split. I, I don't know, but I, I go listen. I was talking to the lady. Your name was Stacy. Like Stacy, <laughs> you know, it's this is like you telling me at the airlines, like the plane broke down, and you're going to get me a voucher for another ticket, but I'm going to miss my kid's championship game. Like. The next, the next plane ticket isn't bringing back the experience. Our friend isn't turning 50 again. Like we can't recreate that night. So there's no way you can really make this right. And I'm not going to ask you to pay for the plane and all that nonsense. Cause I know that's not going to happen. So we're going to get working on the refund there and then getting some sort of similar experience, you know, that hopefully will be making it, making us as whole as you can get guys. Like I'm not looking for a fight. Like, I, don't, I wouldn't cold cock someone. I know I would, I would want them to swing at me first. Like, that's <laughs> the only way I would get satisfaction out of it. Like, I got, I'm not trying to, like, I looked at, I honestly looked at a couple of police officers. I looked at my buddy. I'm like, I, I have a lot of respect for law enforcement. I want to fight those guys almost just so they can beat me to the ground and I'll be like exhausted then and just bloodied and concussed. And that way I won't feel as bad and as angry about this whole situation. Like I just had, I get a lot of rage, man. It's it's a bad deal. And this is what happens to a lot of former athletes, especially combative athletes. And when you have nowhere to direct that energy, then you just direct it into bad places. And that's why you see these guys getting in fights and doing all kinds of crazy nonsense. Thankfully, my wife is a little bit calmer and cooler than I am. So she kind of helps pull me out of some of these bad spots. So I, I love the nostalgia of... 90s, early 2000s video games. I don't play video games. Not, I, I'm, you know, whatever. He's an adult. Um, however, I, yeah. I don't care if, uh, if some adults do. And I am intrigued by NCAA football returning July of next year. That's the projected date from EA Sports. Uh, Paul sent this to us uh, today. Actually, Davey Hudson sent this to us, and I forwarded it to you because I wanted to bring it up with you. Um, from your era of college football, when you're at Ohio State, Larry Fitzgerald's on the cover of this game. Desmond Howard's on the cover of this game uh, in 2006 or 2005. They mix and match all these things. But now, now that it's returning in the era that we're in, and we haven't seen it since 2014, um, schools, universities are going to make some money off this. Players will too. We, we certainly know that. And it's going to be tiered. According to a report um, through Matt Brown of Extra Points uh, and a Freedom of Information Act, there's a 2021 memo that was released that says that EA Sports will uh, tier payments for universities who want to participate in this game based on AP Top 25 finishes over a 10-year period. And it's, it starts out like at $104,000 and moves all the way down to like ten. dollars uh, But when you saw this today, what, what did you think? And did it bring up any college memories for you playing this game? 
And so I grew up playing it and I'm, I'm with you. Like I, I quit playing video games, honestly, when I was in college, because it's like, you know what? I'd rather be out. If I'm not working out or getting better at football, I'm going to try to go to class a little bit. And then I'm going to you know probably be partying and chasing girls. Like that's kind of the order of operations. And so I like video games is just going to detract from those other things that I'm really here for. I can go play video games in my mom's basement. If I want to go live there when I'm 40, you know, like I can't go do those other things anymore. So I kind of pushed that back But growing up. Like, you know, NC2K, I mean, that was the deal. That was the game. Yes. And like to be able my freshman year to see it in there and like they got your number, your hometown, your dress, you know, like you normally would. And all my buddies would play it and they, they'd show me all this stuff. I'd hop in and play a little bit, but you know, it's a nice slice of nostalgia. And I'm glad they were bringing it back. It's one of the most beloved games around. And, you know, with that, um, you know, I, I think the way that they're kind of handling the payment is probably proper. You know, when you start talking about, you know, who deserves, you know, what slice of the pie in the NFL, it's easy for their collective bargaining because it's 32 teams and you know, all franchises, right, wrong, or different are created the same. And you got your cover guy who's going to get paid more. But outside of that, all players get the same cut and the teams in the NFL get their cut. But in college, I mean, there, there's so many teams and you want them all to be involved. But obviously, like there's there's not equal equity among the value that all of them are creating. And so I think that the system over a decade and you can have that rolling every year. So if you're a, you know, a, a group of five school that's really good and it you know, works your way in and has some you know, top 15, top 10 finishes, finishing the top 25, like, yeah, you're going to get more equity than schools that are at the bottom of maybe the Pac-12 or the SEC or Big Ten or whatever it is. And so I think that that's a very fair way to do it. It's very performance-based. It's, mer- it's a meritocracy. And I think that that's probably the most responsible way uh, to get it done. And you know, when you sent me that, I read it. I'm like, I can't think of anything better. But now the players are going to get it back. They're going to be able to enjoy playing as themselves again. Fans are going to love it. You get to go into dynasty mode. Hopefully, they include exactly. you know past teams because they went back and paid you know all the former players. Like, dude, put put on some of those great teams from the past. Like everybody wants to be able to go back, and especially like older you know, older folks like us. If I go back and play. I mean, I might not even play with my team. Like, I might be playing with you know, the, the '96 Ohio State team, or you know, you pick the '97 Michigan team, or those mid Nebraska '90s teams, or you know, Florida State '99. Like all these great teams. You know that have been out there. Like those are some of the cool things that you get to do. You fire up Bo Jackson. You know when he's at Auburn, like all this great stuff. And hopefully they'll be able to incorporate all of that and be able to kind of bring that joy back that's been lost for like 15, 20 years. Yeah. What I don't want is some generic version where because they're not paying these universities, they can't use like the licensed mascot or the you know the logos and things like that. And I did play this game in college, Bobby. I want you to know, at Middle Tennessee State University, we dialed up the 1-800-ASS-WHIP on Alabama through NCAA 2005. You know, you can play the dynasty mode and get after it. It was a blast. Uh, And then, you you know, you have a little wager going with your roommate or whatever it might be. That's how we burned time uh, whenever the girls didn't want to hang out with us because we weren't on the football team. Uh, I mean, I find a hard time uh, that there, there weren't just legions of women outside <laughs> your door, you know, every night, pound, knocking away, trying to find a way to get in there. But in the off chance, you know, you just wanted a break and to relax, sitting there playing a little dynasty mode, man, that's that's the deal. And guys in the NFL play at college, like this is something that players yeah. are going to love. And so hopefully all the universities buy in and realize like, hey, this is good for everybody. It's good for your players. And honestly, like 
I want you to think about this. If universities opt out of it, like that's going to hurt in recruiting because guys go to school, like they want to be on the game. They want to have their stuff in there. Like I can't conceivably think of a reason of why they wouldn't want to be on there. Well, and I know you got to run, but just consider like Joey Harrington was on the cover in the early 2000s. Uh, Matt Leinart is on the cover. Imagine what that's worth now to a player today. Yes. Like what Arch Manning three years from now is going to be on the cover of this game. And what is that value to the individual? I can't, like, I'm fascinated by this. Well, it's the value to the individual, but also wherever he goes to school, I mean, he's going to be wearing those colors. Exactly. And so those colors are going to be on the cover of that. So for a school to opt out of, I can't think of a, like a conceivably good reason, you know, what we're not getting paid enough. Well, listen, the, the parameters are out there. If you haven't been good in the last 10 years, well, that's, that's on you to get better and work your way into this thing. And all I know is this, like to get better, you need great players. And those players will want to ultimately be on the game. Hey, cheers to the weekend. Appreciate you as always. We'll catch up next week. Have a great weekend. You guys enjoy it. All right, Bobby Carpenter. Follow him on Twitter at bcarp3. And uh, you can check out Carp's Corner where he's, he's riffing on all things college and NFL and uh, headlines there. Great guest. We love having him on weekly here on 360. Yeah, Paul, what do you think? I mean, I... If you're getting a hundred, a hundred grand, and keep in mind, there's 120 FBF schools. That's why, like, when you see the hundred grand, it's like, oh, that's nothing to EA Sports. But based on the tier system, this isn't for the individual players. This is just for the university to jump in and get something in return for being a part of the game for the licensed product, right? Um, then, then you're going to have to start paying players too, based on exactly how you're going to go about putting guys on the cover and everything. But like the old game, you didn't. It was a likeness. It was right. the same number. There was no name on the jersey. You could go in and put the name what on the jersey. What was the last year of it? 2014, I yeah, believe. Technology and uh, imaging has come a long way. You could too. you could insert um, you could insert a file that would uh, that was previously downloaded where it would fill in all of the all of the uh, rosters. So uh, updated rosters, even on an old game. So it, that that's all coming. But I. I'm, I'm pumped for kids to be able to play this just like they can play Madden because that's how you learn rosters across college football too, for that matter. Uh, that's how I did. For sure, for a certain demographic. Hit us up on Twitter with your reaction there, at Outkick360. Coming up, LeBron, we know he's interested in NBA ownership post-career. There's another superstar in the sports world that is also discussing NBA ownership and we're discussing, as sports fans, I wonder if these two are going to team up trying to make something happen in Vegas. That's next and Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick Network, 6th and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Um... Reports out that, and this has been out for a little bit, that LeBron has aspirations of being uh, an owner of an NBA franchise. Makes total sense. He's, uh, he's among the billionaire category now. Uh, both he, Tiger Woods, 
uh, have reached that uh, that plateau uh, officially. And there's one other. Who am I leaving out? Um, there's a third that is now the official billionaire. Oh, it was Jordan, I guess, that uh, is officially there. Um, but beyond that, Floyd Mayweather got tons of money. Also uh, says he wants to be a part of a NBA franchise in Las Vegas. We had detailed this. This is going back a few months. Um, and I, Paul, I, I tried to uh, categorize things in my notes, and I couldn't find what day and, and exactly what we brought up, uh, specifically with the, the, the company names here, the, the corporations that are building this. But land has been acquired for what will be a, a massive arena setup with no particular team linked to that arena in Las Vegas. Um, it will be a music venue slash entertainment venue connected to one of the main hotels there. Um, not connected to physically, but monetarily. Um, and the assumption is that along with what well, the NHL is there, the NFL is there, that the NBA is going to have a team in Las Vegas sooner rather than later. And I, at the time, remember saying, like, if I'm an NBA owner and I can relocate, I'm trying to do that. Um, if I am a current player slash uh, athlete that has the billionaire status and you're trying to get your footing into NBA ownership and you can be a part of an expansion franchise whenever that time comes, Vegas is the place to do it. And these two guys certainly have the financial backing to where it's very believable. Mayweather, from what I'm finding, net worth between uh, 450 and 560 million. So, you know, not in a super share of ownership um, stratosphere, but, but, but certainly somebody that could attach and, and uh, be of value and bring some value. Um, yeah, I mean, Vegas is a place to, to be now. Um, you know, I was just there. I saw from the outside the um, Golden Knights building, which looks very nice. I always find it odd. I mean, I know you want your own building and your, your own thing and, and that the Golden Knights have theirs and don't have an agreement with somebody else. I don't think you need two venues. Um, it seems to me to be really opulent to have a hockey venue and a basketball venue and this venue that we saw I, I during know. the match that's going to be some music venue in a globe. Um, and like a Shakespearean-style yeah, globe right. or something. Yeah, so, you're right. Uh, it seems extravagant. Uh, that That's not odd for Vegas to be extravagant, but um, – I'd like to see more of America have, uh, you know, an arena where a basketball team and a hockey team play and have some kind of share where it's satisfactory for them both. Works for the Knicks and the Rangers. Works for yeah, but works a, a for in of, L.A. Yeah. Staples Center or whatever it is now, Bitcoin or whatever. Yeah, Bitcoin Arena or whatever the, the, yeah, the company is. Um, you know, a lot of these arenas that we don't know the names of because they've had the, the change. Uh, crypto, there you go. Yeah, crypto. We've had the names changed on them so many times. Most of the banking ones have yeah. changed a billion times. I've told you the uh, the Mayweather story for me at like one of my very first Super Bowl radio rows, um, where I'm sitting there and at, at the time I was just uh, was grabbing stuff for Titans Radio, but I was also helping book guests for uh, shows back in Nashville at the time. 
And so you'd, you'd have someone on, put a headset on, and just speak to the show that was back in Nashville. And Mayweather was there promoting a fight with someone, Pacquiao or whatever was coming up that summer, that following summer. And uh, just like a movie promotion, he's there making the rounds. And he's got all of these guys with him with these backpacks, just cash, filled with cash, unzipped on purpose, you know. And they're just going from table to table, and they set all of this stuff down around him for all the cameras to, get, to see him. And, for, and, and he didn't come on the show. Um, because at the time, everyone looked down on the market size of Nashville. Now they want to be in Nashville. Um, and he looks at me, and while they're filming this show, um, I, I'm talking on air, and he goes, man, money don't make me, I make money. And I just looked at him and said, I, I believe you. <laughs> and he had these massive bodyguards with him, but he, when he like screamed it at me as if he was trying to convince himself to talk trash to me because it was time for him to act because the lights were on. But I mean, that guy's small compared to the, the guys that are around radio row, but the cash that he walks around with is insane. I mean, just, and it's not just like $1 bills with a right, hundred yeah, on yeah. top. No. Um, he's, uh, he's doesn't crazy seem to believe when it much comes in to that. banks. Money don't make me. Kinda I like make money. your, your uh, grandfather who, you know, kept, kept the family uh, spending money under the, the corner of the rug. You know, yeah. Mayweather's a, a grandiose version of that. Oh, but that's a, that, he's, I, yeah, he's not I, driving through ATMs. I on. wonder where he has stashed cash before and completely forgot, forgot about it. Yeah. And like five generations from now, someone will tear down a building and find it and how much it's going to be. Or not find it. <laughs> or, or not find it. That's right. Headlines, when we return, a champion was crowned in the NBA. There is a Pro Football Hall of Fame beef that's very unusual, and we have a U.S. Open leaderboard for you that's all straight ahead on OutKick 360.